Well, it's pouring now in Evanston. As I told Bob Surratt, I've got whiplash, and I've just got a few things to say about Coach Fitzgerald's departure. You know, we're not a sports station, but we're the Northwestern station. I'm not a sports guy, but I follow the program enough to know that I like the program, I root for the team, and I really like that coach. I've told Dave many times that when the players are interviewed before or after the game, I just think those are the kind of young men you hope student-athletes are. And then this. So I'm sad and I'm angry and I'm a little perplexed today. I've got my thoughts and maybe you have yours. We'll give you a chance to call in at 1045. You can text anytime. 312-981-7200. The university has fired Coach Pat Fitzgerald from his head coaching job at Northwestern. This texture said, Clash of Generations, John. This is an oversensitive generation. Watch what you say or you're canceled. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I know that older people think younger people are too sensitive to things these days, but I don't think there's any younger people making decisions in this story. Got it, Pete. Thank you. Make a note of that. But the older generation, I think, was more tolerant of things, and the younger generation is quicker to snap judgment or defend their rights, which, by the way, maybe the older generation should have done a long time ago. I'm not going to take sides on that one. I think those of us who say, well, we were hazed or abused, doesn't mean anybody else should be. Uh, Here's just another text. It says, not only should all the coaches be removed, so should all the players that committed these acts. Uh, Some of them are at the university, ostensibly, but some of them presumably are not. I think that's one of the questions I have. Who are these players that did these things? But let me just say what I think about this. And Dave, I'll let you chime in and, and you can call in to 312-981-7200. It's either he knew Coach Fitzgerald did what was going on in the program and he did nothing or he didn't know. The conclusion reached by many, including the school, is that either way, Coach Fitzgerald had to go. You can count me among them. But the problem for many of us today is that we don't know him to be incompetent and we don't know him to be a liar. About that coach telling the truth, the university and Coach Fitzgerald both say that Fitzgerald did not know. President Michael Schill's statement says Fitz was fired for, quote, failure to know, failure to know, and prevent hazing in the football program. Fitzgerald said he had no knowledge whatsoever of any form of hazing in the program. I don't know how you could moderate that statement a little. It's so comprehensive. No knowledge whatsoever almost seems implausible. But it's logical to conclude in the abstract anyway that Fitzgerald did not know what was going on or the extent to which it was. He had too much to lose to let something like this happen and then continue to happen. There's a new $800 million stadium proposal that practically has his name on it. He's not dumb. So then he must be incompetent. But does anyone think he's incompetent? Not organized and driven and in control of as much as a person can control? The team has performed poorly, but they've also won division championships in his tenure. Northwestern will always have its ups and downs. And the school knew that when they gave him a 10-year contract a couple of years ago. Is it possible 
that something like this is inevitable in a power six conference school where 120 young competitive men circulate in and out each year. So did the university get it right in firing him? Yes. It's just understandable that we have whiplash today. In football's sleepy summer where we're more focused on the NFL, we've gone from Thursdays not thinking about Northwestern football to today wondering who the new coach will be and who really was the old one. In the end, we know or know about Pat Fitzgerald, but we don't know the 11 or more young men who felt somehow abused by their teammates and the program. Some of the things the school says they endured are humiliating, weird, even old school, just stupid. The school should lend to those young men whatever support they request or need. Today, here's what I want to know. What does that independent report say? We've only seen a two-page summary. Think about that. Does the school know who was involved in these hazing incidents? There seems to be solid reporting. The allegations are true. And what is going to happen to those young men if there's still students there? Will there be any criminal charges or investigations? It's a crime in Illinois to haze somebody. Will the coach get paid out on his contract? What's the portal situation now? Are some of these student-athletes going to transfer? And will Coach Fitzgerald land another gig down the road? Don't have the answers to any of those. Cheryl, you're on WGN Radio. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, son. Um, so I'm a Northwestern grad. I did my master's there and, and don't know him personally, but I've seen Pat play for the team and then, you know, come up through the coaching ranks. And Dave can probably speak better to this, but it just seems so antithetical to his personality that anything like this would be allowed in his locker room. And the problem I'm having with it today is, number one, the, the main complainant, to my understanding, is a player that played 15 years ago. Um, my second concern complaint is I believed it was completely bungled by this new university president. He's suspended. Oh, no, I made a mistake. Oh, my God. Like, it seemed like so knee-jerk and such a rush to judgment. Number three, the letter from the team. I want to know, like, was that literally the entire team that wrote a letter in support it. of Coach Fitz? I doubt it. Saying that he knew nothing about any of this? And where does that play into this? So I just feel like the whole thing was unfortunately mismanaged. It's disappointing. But it just seems so opposite of the Pat that we seemingly all know. And that's the most disappointing. Cheryl, thanks for the call. I I echo just about everything you said there. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts? Well, one thing, and I've heard this a few times since Saturday when that letter was released, and and I received a copy of the letter. Capital letters, entire team. The entire team. And why people are so baffled that you could get 100 people together in 2023 to come to a consensus when we live on Zoom and, and, these, and these guys all have laptops and it's not that hard to get a meeting together virtually. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think had there been uh, this, this uh, real disagreement among players on the team, whether to sign it, I... I I think there w- it wouldn't have come out as as quickly as it did, and it came out in a ra- rather short period of time Saturday. I, I do believe the players were unified in that, and I don't know why people question it so much because we do stuff virtually all the time. I'm amazed at how quickly the decision came down and how quickly it went from two weeks to mm-hmm. 
to the death knell for the coach's tenure there. That, that's weird to me. I think the university president did mishandle it. And I think if instead of the original two-week vacation with no pay, he had said six months or something more severe that fit the severity of the allegations, we wouldn't be here today. But the correction now is, is j- jarring. Well, as far as the player's complaint being from however many years ago, she said, that that was what you heard on the newscast this morning. You heard about this player yesterday who was speaking about and had played 14 years ago. Uh, Ten other players have surfaced but, since. But I don't think paper. any of this was based on what he had to say. This decision, the investigation had to do with a more recent player who has remained anonymous and, and it's not going back 14 years. And, uh, and, and so that, that all, there's a sense of, okay, now some other people come out and make these accusations. But I have to think that the president had made his decision before those comments, which the daily Northwestern published yesterday. And, and this player complaining that he was subject to to racism. I, I don't think that factored into this decision. We have to pause here. Okay. That student reporter who broke the story is going to be in our studio tomorrow, and we'll talk to her a little more about how this story evolved there and what's happened since. 312-981-7200, you will get in if you call. About Coach Fitzgerald's firing at Northwestern because of years worth of and as many as at least 11 players now saying that there was hazing and racist incidents. Adam Rittenberg at ESPN has tweeted six Northwestern faculty members are asking university leaders for the hazing investigation report to be revealed publicly. I can't understand why the full report has not been released. We had a two-page summary we're all working off of from the president this week. According to a letter obtained by ESPN, they want the $800 million Ryan Field rebuild put on hold until the crisis is satisfactorily resolved. Uh, where are they? They're almost at the $800 million, right? Wasn't that? No, they, they have the money raised for it. And they, have they broken ground on that? No. I don't think so. No, because they still need all the approval. The plan was to get going as soon as the season ends and uh, play away from there the next two years and then be back, which you know, is another layer in this thing, John, because a new coach coming in is going to know that uh, he's going to be a nomad for two seasons. Uh, that's tough. Playing elsewhere. Playing where, where, wherever they end up playing, and that hasn't been determined yet. Uh, presumably some games at Soldier Field, Wrigley Field's, venues in the area but still you won't be have your own stadium makes it tough i guess you're going to look for some up-and-coming coach who's at a northern or an eastern or someplace like that uh, um, but i i i think in in the big 10 well i mean you want you, a marquee you, coach you, and a big name to you walk have to right look in. under every stone you have to to find but you, not necessarily marquee but a guy who's got some experience at the power five level perhaps yeah what happens to the kids that did this, John, doesn't sound like hazing. It sounds like sexual assault. Uh, we don't have an answer to that yet. John, I agree all the coaches should be fired. If anything, the assistants may have a greater sense 
of what was going on. The assistants might know more. It's suspicious to me that Fitz was fired so quickly after a career of such credibility. What a smack in the face to a guy who could have left many times. I'm wondering how many schools could fire their coaches today for the same reasons. 708 says, unfortunately, he knew they will be coming out of the woodwork now. By the way, 630 says, would Fitzgerald have let his son play football at NU if he had known this was going on? Fitzgerald's son is on the team. He is an an incoming freshman, tight end, and uh, his son was with him uh, along with his two other sons who are younger and his wife last night when he spoke to the team in what I'm told was a very emotional meeting. Let's talk to a couple of our listeners, 312-981-7200. Alice, what did you want to say? You're on WGN. What I want to say is that I don't think universities and colleges are taking this hazing seriously, as well as our professional teams. And it would only take one person. To, my son was killed in 1990. And it would only taken one person to save his life if they had been aware of what hazing was as freshmen if because there were four other uh, boys being taken into this lacrosse club i'm sorry and, but uh, my son, hold on one second alice i'm uh, this is tragic i'm sorry that i'm just discovering this about you and your son uh was he involved in a hazing incident at a school somewhere he was a, he was killed at western illinois university in 1990 in a hazing And um, they were, there, there is no, um, in their orientations, they do not talk about hazing. Uh, and they're bringing freshmen into schools. They talk about date rape and everything else, but they don't talk about yeah. what the clubs do and such. Let me, let me offer this, Alice. I'm, you can imagine I'm heartbroken to hear your story. I'm so sorry for that, and I appreciate your perspective. And Thank if, you. And if I may, I wonder if that is part of the speech, the orientation, the every year orientation. Guys, we, uh, Fitzgerald has famously said this. There's the video. We have the audio of it. I can play it. I don't need to right now. But to what degree do they impress upon these young men? You cannot do that. Like if hazing is... Orient is if if the initiation is the freshmen have to carry the seniors' pads off the field, or if a upperclassman looks at an underclassman and says, "I need some Gatorade and you got to go fetch it" or whatever, then that's one thing I can live with that. I don't care, but anything beyond that, anything physical, anything naked, anything that is embarrassing, humiliating, or that that kid categorically doesn't want to do, you can't do. And if you do, I get fired. The program burns and you leave the school. Do you want that? I mean, to what degree do they say it, and do they say it like that? I don't know the answer to that. Do you? Well, I think if, if they haven't said it in those strong a terms, they certainly will from now on, like everywhere. Um, do you think that the assistant coach's jobs are in jeopardy now? I don't know. I've, I've tried to ask that question. I, keep in mind that there are three new assistant coaches uh, who who are new to the staff this upcoming season, including their defensive coordinator, who just came from North Dakota State, hmm. 
and has only been there. Then. Now, they were there during spring football, but I can't imagine that they would not remain on the staff. I don't know about the other coaches. I know that the two coordinators, the offensive coordinator who's been there, Mike Bajakian, and the uh, new defensive coordinator, David Braun, were the two who spoke to the team after Fitz did last night. Anthony, you're on WGN. What did you want to say? Hi. Hey, John. How are you, buddy? Good. What's up? Hey, I just, uh, we're firing a coach who's got a really good reputation of being a good man, and uh, he's rearing, got a great reputation for rearing really good young men and sending him to the NFL. I'm or to business schools we, and whatever, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know why we're not questioning the parents. I mean, I would have got slapped upside the head if I ever bullied a kid in football. The parents of but, the kids that have evidently done these things. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, we always use the term charity starts at home. Well, so does discipline. And... We're firing a coach who's got a fantastic reputation for being a good man. I don't know what the parents' role or responsibilities are here. I'll take your point. But I think a larger question is, will those young kids be kicked off the team if they're still on the team or prosecuted if, in fact, these allegations are true? Presumably they are. Maybe they're distant enough in the past, and maybe they're vague enough that— it doesn't cross the line into being a crime. But in Illinois, hazing is a misdemeanor. And if it causes injury to someone, it's a Class 4 felony. Well, the president, uh, Michael Schill, in his statement yesterday, let me just grab it real quickly. By but the I, way, our Chicago take on the Northwestern program is sponsored by HaggertyAutoGroup.com. I believe he, he did say that, and I'm just scanning it real quickly here, I don't have it circled, but he did say that uh, that the players were not, uh, we're not physically injured. Um, I'm just look. I'm looking real. Nowhere quick. did I see anybody say that, yeah. other than humiliating and yeah, stupid, it, was, it was it was injury. Yes, there was nothing that indicates anyone was physically which, harmed. Which doesn't mean that it can't be a crime. Which doesn't mean that it isn't wrong. Which doesn't mean that it's I'm not harmful. I, I'm not disputing any of that. I'm no. just saying it was there. There was not. I would think if there was going to be. One of the things they in the investigation they concluded that there was not enough evidence to prove that misconduct, however you define that, had occurred. Peach has circled what you were yeah. looking for. Mm -hmm. The president said, I am grateful that, to my knowledge, no student suffered physical injury as a result of these behaviors. There you go. You know, you think about it, it's the same way I think about sometimes school superintendents or principals in high school. You go into education because you love education. You reach the pinnacle of your game. You've got a doctorate or a master's. You've excelled. Now you're the principal or the president of a school. And now you are doing nothing relative to what you did on the way up. Now you're not teaching. Now you're putting out fires in the football program or dealing with parents who want certain books in or out of the library or whatever the things that school administrators have to do. You wonder sometimes why... Some of them get into that business. And by the way, being a great educator maybe doesn't make you a great crisis manager. And these days, you kind of have to be that too. This text message said, um, let me get to the right one. Why, what does it say about Northwestern University's vaunted journalism and business schools 
that the university's crisis management team is so horrendous. Uh, I think it says a lot about the journalism school. We aren't talking about this, but for the journalism school, I don't think about the business school per se today. But I think the point here is if they've got such good journalists and teachers there, they ought to better be able to understand how to communicate with the community via the press. And crisis management is something they must teach at the business school. How wasn't there some hand on deck to tell them how to better handle this situation? But, you know, a lot of the texts are saying, this one, I'll get to my point in just a minute. John truly says, 773, what is wrong with males? Who can possibly think humiliating, tormenting, and injuring your teammate is going to result in a better team, in addition to being morally wrong? And this sort of, I don't want to say homoerotic, but there's something about us being naked and humiliating you, nude, is just, I said earlier, old school stupid because that used to happen, but haven't we evolved like in the last 30 or 40 years or 20 minutes? How is it that that is seen as either something to teach those guys a lesson or to somehow make them more part of the team? This still happens at fraternities, though, doesn't it? This still happens in the military, doesn't it? There are times where you just scratch your head and you go, how is this possibly a good idea? I don't have an answer to that question. 773, what is wrong with males? This one says, too many people get fired for something somebody else did. 847 said, I believe Pat Fitzgerald is a stand-up guy. I find it crazy that after all these years as a head coach at Northwestern, all of a sudden he's a buffoon. To me, it looks like the world is now holding especially white men to an impossible standard. One hint of a mistake or oversight in your life and you're out. 630 says, Pat Fitzgerald should fight tooth and nail for his name. I think he's going to fight for something. He's hired a couple of attorneys to represent him. And actually, one I know by name. Maybe it's just one attorney. But he's hired a high-profile attorney to, he said, afford him all of his rights. And I wonder if that means his contract. 224 said, I do not think character of Fitzgerald would, I do not think the character of Pat Fitzgerald would allow this to happen based on his integrity as a coach and a player. 630 asks a question that may be in the back of some minds. Would they have let him go if last year's record was 11-1 and instead of 1-11? and I do think it makes it easier to let the, coach, let the coach go when the school's record is as bad as it's been the last couple of years. 708 said, I played, although in 2020 in the COVID year, uh, the team won their division in the Big Ten. And I don't remember now if they shared the Big Ten title or not, but... Uh, that was still football, and those were still college kids playing, and he was still the coach. Uh, 708 said, I played high school basketball. During a practice, I witnessed the coach kick a player in the backside. I was stunned. Over 50 years later, I can't remember what I had for dinner, but I can distinctly remember that incident, and I cannot remember the effect it had on my teammate. I think there's a generation of people today who went through crap as a kid, initiation at school or in the fraternity or wherever the institution was who say I survived that and you know I got over it and that it crashes Pat Fitzgerald's career is crazy 
But I don't think we should have had to go through that stuff when we were kids to begin with. I do think that in the environment we live in today, Coach Fitzgerald had to go. But I still think of him as an honest and honest man, a man of integrity. Uh, you, both things can happen. I don't know. Did you go through something when you were a kid? I do remember my freshman year in high school. I mean, think about how minuscule this is compared to what we're talking about, a Big Ten college football program, an $800 million stadium being built around the program, potentially, and that great vaunted coach who just signed a 10-year deal. I mean, that's about as awe-inspiring, as intimidating as it can be. But even as a puny little freshman at Manuka High School, that summer going into my freshman year, my buddies and I were terrified. We knew that summer if any of the older boys in the high school football team saw us, they would have free reign on us. We'd get kicked or kidnapped or taped to a goalpost. That happened to a friend of mine and left there in an era before cell phones. You'd get buried at the beach and kicked in sand. I mean, literally classic stuff like that. That was my summer, and I walked around that whole year thinking, boy, I hope I don't get caught. I still recall that uneasy feeling in my stomach. Multiply that by a 1,000 to imagine how humiliating that must have been for some of these kids at Northwestern or how we should have just evolved beyond it. Yeah, a lot of support for the coach today. I find it shameful that a president of Northwestern who's not been there a year throws under the bus a man who was not found to have knowledge of this incident. We reached out to the president this morning to ask him, President Michael Schill, if he wanted to come on. The response from the communications vice president at Northwestern University to us is, President Schill is unable to conduct interviews today. Uh, thank you, John Yates. I'm sorry to hear that. I also think that's an oddly worded sentence. President Schill is unable to conduct interviews today. He's able to do interviews today. He doesn't want to do interviews. He's unavailable, but he's not unable, unless he's unable. <clears throat> um, overreaction on Pat Fitzgerald's firing. Let's investigate every other school and see how many are doing this. Is bad or worse than this? No evidence he knew about this. Uh, that is what the university said, and that is what the coach said, that he did not know.